This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, I'm Nyla Boodoo, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. It's Friday, October 15th, and we're focused on inflation. The global energy crisis is becoming a bigger problem for the economy. The Consumer Price Index, the best way to measure inflation in the U.S., jumped 5.4% in September compared to last year. That's according to new data released this week. The cost of food, cars, TVs have all seen rapid price increases. And you know what else made a big jump? Energy prices. The price of gasoline rose another 1.2% in September after increasing 2.8% in August and 2.4% in July. How is the Federal Reserve and the Biden administration reacting to this latest data? In a moment, Axios' Felix Salmon on energy prices and inflation. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And we're joined now by Axios' chief financial correspondent, Felix Salmon, who's been reporting on the latest consumer price index data. Hey, Felix. Nyla, let's have a spirited debate. Well, our Axios Today listeners will know from our many conversations this year that you have been, I'm going to call you an inflation denier for some time now. In other words, saying do not worry about inflation. I am not an inflation denier. I am saying that you shouldn't worry. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. It totally exists. It's 100%. Okay, let's call you an inflation worry denier. Are you worried now about inflation? No. So prices went up earlier this year, and at the time you said that was expected. Can you explain what's going on now and what we've seen in the past few months with prices going up? So there's a few different things going on here. The first one, which is very exciting and we should all be happy about, is that low-paid Americans are getting paid a lot more. Low-paid Americans in service industries, like in, say, fast food or healthcare or places, hotels, getting paid more. They're not getting paid $10 now, they're getting paid $15 now. That increase of like getting people onto living wages is showing up in price increases for services. And that's what I like to think of as good inflation. It means that people are getting paid more. It means that the people who can afford those kind of services are paying for the labor in a sort of dignified way, much more dignified than they used to be in the past. We can be relatively happy about that. And there's no indication that this is anything other than like a one-off step change from underpaid to fairly paid. There's there's no indication that this is going to transfer into long-term inflation. We'll see another increase from, say, $15 an hour to $20 an hour. That doesn't seem to be a risk. So that bit of the inflation story is fine. Another bit of the inflation story, which is fine, is don't look at what prices have done over the past 12 months, but look at what they've done over the past 24 months, right? Let's compare this to 
pre-pandemic levels because there's a lot of weird baseline effects. A year ago, we were in this very skewed pandemic economy and comparing where we are now to a very skewed pandemic economy is never going to be particularly interesting. If you look at the amount that prices have risen over 24 months, it's entirely normal. You barely see any uptick in inflation at all. So there's nothing to worry about there. And then finally, yes, you're absolutely right. The energy thing is worrying because it's exacerbating supply shortages around the world. It's creating these supply crunches and causing the supply of goods and especially goods from China to be restricted. That causes the price of those goods to go up. That's bad inflation. It just makes things more expensive. It makes our lives more expensive. But again, like this isn't something that we can really do anything about. And I like to remember the serenity prayer, right? Like if there's nothing we can do about it, we should just sort of be sad about it and move on with our lives. There's a lot that you've said there, so I want to go back. Let me go back first to what you said about the price increase and prices going up over a 24-month period and looking at two years ago and the fact that last year we were in the middle of the pandemic. How long are we in this period? Like, At what point do we know that these price increases are a leveling out from the pandemic versus an inflationary cause for concern? Well, I mean, it's already an inflationary cause for concern, right? Prices have come up a lot in the past few months. And if they keep on going up at that kind of rate, that's concerning. This is definitely a broader thing than just used cars have gone up or gasoline prices have gone up or something like that, right? So there is broad inflation. It is picking up. And if it continues for years to come, that would be really bad. The question is, what reason do we have to believe that it will continue for years to come? And more profoundly, even if it was true that it was going to continue for years to come, like what could we even do about it? Ultimately, what we need for these prices to come down is for Chinese manufacturing to get back on track and global manufacturing to get back on track and a bunch of downed energy plants to start producing energy again and hopefully a bunch of climate change problems so that all of the energy production that has been moved offline because of wildfires and hurricanes and all the rest of it can start moving online again. Like all of these things seem to have happened at the same time. And it's caused this sort of perfect storm of an energy crisis. And that's worrying. But I don't think it's the kind of thing that you need to think of in terms of what if this happens forever? Like a lot of that stuff is going to go away. Do I know when? No. When we talk about the energy crisis, I think that is the big question. The problems within the system, right? In terms of not just the pandemic, but what existed before. We had a long discussion with Kate Marino about that on Axios Today last week. Do we have any sense about when the pressures in the system are going to, when that will even out? Like, do we see this as a short-term problem, I guess yeah, is my question? Or do we think this is question. a possibly long-term system reset? Really, really great question. And yeah, the simple answer to your question is no, we don't know. The world seemed really efficient pre-pandemic. You know, we had a just-in-time manufacturing supply chain system where prices were low and goods were moving around the world really easily and different manufacturers were competing with each other on price and there wasn't any lines at ports for imports to come into the country or that kind of thing. That has gone away. 
The problems at the ports, the problems with manufacturing have been getting worse and worse over the past few months. And initially, people thought, well, maybe this is just a little glitch. It will only last a few weeks. And then it was maybe it'll only last a few months. And now it's maybe it's going to last a year or two years or three years. Really, no one has a clue how long this whole disruption of supply chains is going to feed into rising prices. And 100%, I would agree that that is a concern to anyone who wants to buy imports or basically anything which is a product of a supply chain, which is everything. Can you take us into the thinking of what the calculus is now for the Federal Reserve and for the Biden administration and just sort of knowing what, as you said, remembering the serenity prayer, what perhaps limited levers the Federal Reserve has at its disposal to affect inflation and the pace of economic recovery? Right, exactly. So what the Federal Reserve can do is basically put the brakes on the broad economy. They can say, the American economy is growing too fast, and that growth is causing overheating and inflation. And so if we put the brakes on and cause it to grow less quickly, then that will help bring inflation down. But that's not what's causing inflation. What's causing inflation is energy crises in China and India and Europe right? That's what's causing inflation. What's causing inflation is the supply chain problems and the container ships not being able to come into the port of Long Beach. What's causing inflation is big, fundamental, global things that the Federal Reserve has no control over. It has nothing to do with the pace of US economic growth. And honestly, the pace of US economic growth is not too fast. We can keep on growing at this rate for a while without overheating. So if the Federal Reserve slowed down the rate of growth, that would reduce the amount of economic activity in the country and would reduce Americans' wealth and income. But it's far from clear that it would have any real effect on inflation. And what about what the Biden administration has announced this week with having the port open 24 hours? Those are things that could change just the supply chain problems in the U.S. and help people who are thinking, for example, about holiday gifts or people who are moving into homes and waiting for furniture. Does that also affect inflation? If it works, then yeah, it would help bring inflation down. Anything which can get the system moving more smoothly, if we can like throw some Vaseline into the gears of international commerce, then that will help bring inflation down. I know that the Biden administration is also talking to energy companies about, can we do something about the price of energy? Honestly, I'm not sure they can. But if it works, great, that will bring inflation down. Obviously, the more you pay for fuel, the higher your cost of living. And if that amount comes down, then that's negative inflation. So at the margin, yeah, I think the Biden administration is pushing in the right direction. And I think maybe they have a few more tools at their disposal than the Federal Reserve does. So we can hope on that front. Let's just say, let's take a little broader picture, not even, let's just say the next week or two, what are you thinking and watching for? I'm a little bit of a fatalist when it comes to these kind of things. I don't really believe that any government in the world or any central bank has the tools at its disposal, has the kind of armory necessary to really tackle it. this kind of inflation. What we're seeing here is this incredibly complex pre-pandemic global supply chain system really struggling to recreate itself. And it's far from obvious what the long-term dynamic equilibrium of global commerce is going to look like. It's going to take months, if not years, for that to really shake out. I can't imagine anything in the next couple of weeks that would really make a difference to that. 
Axios's chief financial correspondent and author of the Axios Capital newsletter, Felix Salmon. Thank you, Felix. Thanks, Nella. Welcome back. I don't want to let you go today without reminding you to check out the latest episode of our monthly series, Hard Truths, examining systemic racism in America. In this month's episode, which drops tomorrow, we take a deeper look at some flawed technology, including facial recognition, and how it's making its way into the U.S. immigration system and harming some people more than others. You can find that in the Axios Today podcast feed Saturday. And we're done. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we're back on Monday with another Axios recap.